For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. Welcome to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast, your burst of weekly inspiration to keep your mindset on track to manifest your greatest desires. I am Jude Don't, your host, a world-renowned mindset coach, helping my clients and now you, the listener, to break free of the mental struggle, find contentment, meaning and purpose in your life. Oh, welcome back to the podcast. As this episode goes out, we only have two weeks till Christmas. And I had spoken previously on the last couple of episodes saying I would do um, a topic on managing your energy when you're around triggering people. And as I started to write some notes for this episode, I think this will be relevant at any time of year because I'm going to jam pack this one out for you. But essentially, the the reason why it's probably more apt at Christmas is because we are spending time with people who we probably wouldn't normally spend time with, or, or, or you may not choose to spend time with all the time. Like, families can be quite triggering versus who you choose to spend time with throughout the rest of the year. So that's one element to to what I'm going to talk about. But I'm also going to talk about managing your energy around other people who could be triggering or may say things um, that could set you off. Yeah. So let's start off (laughs) with family. Okay. I know to protect my energy when I am, and bearing in mind, I'm pretty, I'm normally in a really good headspace, like positive bias all the time, everything, you know, even if something bad happened, I reframe it, I figure out a meaning, a reason, or what I can learn from it, I'm really, really good with protecting my own energy, like that is always my main focus, 
rather than, I guess, kind of, and, and I'm sure I talked about this last last week, rather than striving to like um, desperately try and manifest something, because if I was doing that anyway, I would be in resistance. But my main goal is always about making sure that I am protecting my energy. And I mean that from a mood point of view. You know, if I'm in a good mood, then my energy is really high. And I have been manifesting some weird stuff lately. Just random things. Like I'll be thinking something and then it'll happen. So I know I'm in a really, really good headspace at the moment. And that is because my sole focus in the lead up to Christmas has been around how I can manage my mood and energy. Because I know that in the lead up to Christmas that I can get overwhelmed because there's so much to do. And I'm not very good as much as my husband would be like, well, just give me stuff to do. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm not very good at delegating that stuff because... Sometimes I don't know what I need to do in a sense of like, I don't know what present to get for that person. Or sometimes it's not necessarily about ordering online. It could be that I need to physically go into the shop and see what they've got so then I can make the decision. And yeah, (laughs) and I'm a bit of a control freak. So I'm not very good at delegating at Christmas. I feel like I have to do it all myself. And that's a, a, a negative mindset, but it's also like, I kind of want to do it myself as well, but then I do get, I can get a bit snappy. Sorry, Luca, I know you listen to the podcast and I know you'll resonate with what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, so, so, so manage my energy is really, really important. And I have done so well this year, like in terms of, I spoke, I think uh, maybe mid-November about how I'd not done any Christmas shopping and normally that would really trigger me but I knew deep down that if I just kind of compartmentalized it and and just kind of looked at the fact that just took me maybe two nights to do the bulk of what I needed to do from an ordering point of view um and I've even done oh my god I can't like this feels so so good and so not relevant to the content of the podcast but I just want to tell you how good it is and share it with you so at the end of every year what I do is um I take all the photographs off my phone and I put it in to a a USB stick so one that my phone is completely free because I do a lot with it on you know like trying to do pictures for work and and I'm I'm a big screenshot so if I see something rather than trying to remember I'll just screenshot it So, so I do have loads of stuff on there so I need to clear it all and getting everything onto a USB stick means that I have a what's the word a a library almost of each year of photographs. Now, one thing that I used to love doing at my mum's house was going round and every so often just getting, like, I mean, it probably happened once every three years. It wasn't a yearly thing. Um, But if my mum had them out, then I would look through them, like the photographs. Because as you'll know, um, I don't, I don't think it matters what age you are listening to this podcast. I don't think you'll have a mum or dad that, um, (laughs) just has it on USB sticks like my children do. 
but you would have had tins like um, uh, biscuit tins and, um, and and little you know boxes of um, of photographs. And it's lovely to go go back through and, and, and look over them. So what I started doing was, one, putting it on USB sticks, but then at the end of every year, making it into like a yearbook. So you go onto like, I don't know, photo box or something like that. And you um, pull all the photographs together and you make them into a book. Now, every time I've done this, it is so such a fart on, I can't tell you, right? Because some of them don't upload properly and then they don't open, un, and then they don't load in the right um, time frame. So then you kind of have to move them around because I don't want Christmas in the middle of the book. I want Christmas towards the end of the book. So it is, it has been in the past a right fart on. So the, the fact that I would probably procrastinate over this would be true. And also, um, it takes a while. Like it's a good kind of like, I would say it's at least two nights worth of work doing this, <laughs> just penciling it in to, to, to kind of get them off on a USB stick and then upload them into these books. And But I still always do it, like I'm still really, really good at at least clearing my phone. But since the pandemic, I haven't done any, so I've got them all off my phone, but I haven't done any. So I think I'd managed to get the previous years done where was I up to? I think I was up to 2019. 2019 was probably done. Although I've ordered, I needed to do three books. And where are we? 2022. Um, yeah, so maybe 2019 was done. Oh God, this is so boring for you listening to. I apologise. I'm just literally thinking of dates in my head. Anyway, I had three three years worth of, of, of books to do this time when I sat down. And I knew, so that's three years that this has been piling up. How pathetic am I that I didn't get this done? Anyway, I sat the other night and it was something that I knew once it, because it wasn't even on a list anywhere. Like I'm really good at doing the ugly thing on my list. But this is just something in the back of my mind that I know I need to do. And every time I take out a USB stick from a little bag of USB sticks for work, I see them there looking at us 2020, 2021. <laughs> so I knew I needed to get them done. Anyway, it's done. Oh God, I can't tell you how good that feels. I've still got this year to do, but obviously I can't do this year until the end of the year. So I'm not giving myself too much of a hard time. I'll do that in January. But yeah, they're done and I can't wait for them to be delivered. And what did that tell me? Hmm... When I was pulling them together, one of them was the first year in lockdown, so 2020. And you know what it made us realise? <laughs> that throughout that time, one, we spent so much time together as a family. And it was also like remembering how, oh God, that time that I got to sit in my sister's garden and have a barbecue, I was so excited like it was almost like you'd sent us on holiday to the Maldives like I was that excited just to be there and be around other people and have somebody else cook for us it was just so so nice and obviously to be around them like really nice where am I going with this probably nowhere with that it was just a nice thing it was really really nice to go through and look through photographs from 2020 because as much as it felt like it was horrific which it was 
there was also some lovely moments like if I think about the moment that my friend Joe came round um to drop some stuff off for me and we sat outside on my driveway distanced like on little like we were still distanced we were so good like I'm so proud of how well behaved we were unlike the politicians um and just yeah like absorbing the time with it and yet this year I've seen her once I've seen her once Joe I apologize we've seen each other once we're not going to see each other till um January now because we've penciled in the date so that just shows how pathetic we are um Okay, so back to my point about triggering people. It is completely around managing energy and around me just making sure that I'm in such a good headspace. And I feel like I have exceeded my own expectations with that in terms of how I've managed it. And a lot, you know, there is an element of that where I do have to distance myself from certain people who I do find triggering or who are just not in the same headspace whether that's friends or family who are not necessarily going through a tough time but are just in that mindset of everything's a bit shit so they're just going to tell you how shit things are and they're going to whinge about the job or they're going to whinge about the money or they're going to whinge about the husband or whatever it is. And I'm kind of just not up for that. Like I get it and I have absolutely been in that headspace. And when I was depressed, when I was anxious, when my head would go to the negative bias all the time in my early 20s, like I would have been up for that like whinge fest I would have been all up for it I would have been like book me some time in with that person because I can't wait to get this shit off my chest and just have a good moan you know and I would have moaned about anything and everyone I would have moaned about people at work I would have moaned about my mom to my sister I would have moaned about my dad to my sister like I would have been totally up for that level of conversation But it just sends me into that negative headspace. And I really, really want you to be conscious of it as well. Because when we're around certain people, we can get into that whinge fest kind of mindset. And all that does is send us on a trajectory that is such the negative road, the negative bias that just invites more of it in. Because when you start to do that, you start to see things that are more negative. So it could be that... um, I don't know, you have a whinge fest with somebody because that's just what you do. And then the next day something bad happens, like, I don't know, somebody scratches your car or you get a flat tire or you get an unexpected bill. That's just going to confirm your negative mindset and it's just like a vicious cycle. You are now in it now and all you see, because your reticular activating system is looking for things to prove that you are right, it's looking for negative things and you will find them because if we look for negativity in the world we will find it if we look for positivity in the world we will find it yeah like if we think about I don't know if this is relevant but it's so on the forefront of my head like that Harry and Meghan documentary all I saw was was two people who didn't want to be in the royal family didn't want to have that kind of life and obviously Harry um, has still got a lot of trauma from how his mum died, how his mum was treated by the press, like why would you want your family to then go through 
through that when you can do something about it. That is my interpretation of that because I look to see the positive in things. Like there's nothing negative in that. They decided they didn't want that privileged lifestyle and they wanted to go and have freedom and the choice to do whatever they wanted to do. Why is that a bad thing? But then if you talk to somebody else who's a really staunch royalist, they will say that it brung negativity on the family it brought shame on the family it was them you know not living up to their duty their service and it is two completely ways of looking at things but I just see that as so negative (laughs) like it's just why would you think that way about somebody it's just not my language (laughs) I just think there's so many people who complain about the state of the UK but they're probably the ones that voted for Brexit (laughs) which has a lot to do with it like but then that's my negative bias on that right and honest to god me and my husband have this we're not whinging it's almost like a little joke like if I go in at the supermarket and the shelves are empty I'll send him a picture with the word Brexit (laughs) or if I can't get my favorite coffee which I can't like little have just stopped serving my favorite like uh, selling my favorite coffee I am furious there, there are people who come into my office and who are like, oh my God, I love the coffee in here. Like I would come just for the coffee. And yeah, it's got, it's a, the nicest coffee. It's got chocolatey notes in underlying in the coffee. It, it is literally, and I, I'm a coffee connoisseur and I'm buying coffee from Little and it's the best coffee in the world. They've stopped selling it. <laughs> I was telling my husband, he's like, Brexit. I'm like, I know, Brexit. <laughs> But we do it like really kind of tongue in cheek and we're laughing about it versus like, I don't know, someone else in my family, not in name any names, who will absolutely complain about Brexit. But I know they voted Brexit, even if they're not saying they voted Brexit. Again, there are so many triggering things and triggering people and I'm here to protect my energy throughout all of this. So what do you need to know? You need to know how I do it. <laughs> You need to know what I find triggering because what I find triggering might be completely different to you. Like, so for example, when I got my new car, and it was a big deal when I got my new car, like this was, you know, the price of my new car was equal to the first flat I bought. Like that was how expensive my first, uh, uh, this car was that, that I've just bought. And I've talked about the fact that every new level of success requires a new mindset. And I don't know if I was ready for it. Like, I genuinely don't know if I was ready for that car. It took me, I would say, a good two months to start loving that car, to start accepting it, to start not fearing. Like, oh my God, what was I doing? I don't have money and I can't pay for the car. Like, there was so much fear around it because it meant so much to me. Whereas the price of that car, what I pay for monthly, was the same price that I was paying for another service in my business that I just cancelled because I thought, well, actually, I don't need it. I can do that myself. So it's not in the grand scheme. And I don't pay for petrol, remember, because it's a hybrid. So there were so many things that were going, dude, you don't need to worry about it. Like you've managed and you will manage. Like this isn't an issue here you were level-headed about this this wasn't a a, a whim getting this car but you know what (laughs) when I showed it to my dad and bearing in mind my dad's not been like a big fan of me getting this car like he just really didn't talk about it and he loves cars and um it was a rainy day when I got when I got my when he came round rather um 
and he, and he just came straight in the house. And as we left, I said, oh, like, come on, let's have a look at the car then. And he was like, all right, okay, yeah, yeah. And he like looked at it and he was just going to look through the windows. And I was like, no, come on, get in, sit in it. And I'll sit on the other side. So we sat in it and I'm showing him all the like lush things that it does. It's, it is amazing. And he turned around and he was just like, well, let's hope you get enough business to pay for it. Oh, it was so triggering. I can't tell you, like, as my dad left, like I went upstairs and I said to Luca, I was just like, I can't believe what my dad's just said. But there is a key to this, right? If I'd been in a good headspace and I wasn't feeling negative about that car, that wouldn't have touched me. I would have just laughed about it. Whereas I found that so unbelievably triggering because my head went, what happens if I I don't make any money next month? What happens if I can't pay for the car? Like I was already feeling that and that just exaggerated it. Um, But you know what? That's not on my dad. That's on me. Like my dad, yes, okay, does have limited beliefs about money, but that's because he's never tried to do any work on it. Like it's not, that's not his generation. You know, they weren't, they were surrounded by, I guess this when it this is when it comes back to the Harry and Meghan thing. They were surrounded by um, newspapers. You know, the only news they got was the physical papers or the, the, the actual news. All of those things are negative. There are no good news stories. Very rarely. There might be the odd one on the local news. But it is tanked either side by deprivation, by a lack of, by unjust. Because that's what news is. There is no good news. Apart from now where we've got that beautiful, happy, uh, the happy newspaper by Emily Coxhead. They didn't have that. They didn't have that and they didn't search for that either. Like, if you think of where we can get our news now that make us feel good, like, I'm not on Twitter because that wouldn't make me feel good. So I only follow people on social media who make me feel good. If you post shit, if you moan, I will unfollow you. (laughs) Even if you're a friend, I'm just not willing to see that in my feed. Um, because I'm protecting my energy all the time. Also, I get to choose what podcasts I listen to. I get to choose whether I read the Daily Mail or not. And I got rid of that app about six years ago because it didn't serve me well at all, at all. But I get to choose that. And my parents' generation did not get to choose Like, okay, we could say that they didn't have to watch the news and they didn't have to read the papers, but that's what everyone did. And that's all anyone talked about was that negative side of things. So it'd be really unjust for me to have a go at my parents. And bearing in mind, I used to. Like, God love my mum. She used to take the brunt of it because I would just correct her on everything. So if she was moaning about something, I'd be like, oh God, like, why do you have to be so negative about something? And she'd go, right, well, do you know what? I'll just not say anything. And we used to get right arguments about it. And I really regret that now because, I mean, don't get us wrong, would I change anything? No, because at that time, I was still learning how to deal with triggering people. And I think the key here is, whatever way they think and however they look at the world, that's up to them. 
how I respond is up to me. And if I react in a negative way, or like, you know, I wasn't reacting in a negative way when my dad said that, I was quite quick to go, yeah, it's fine, dad. You know, like I'm doing really well. It's going to be fine. (laughs) On the inside, I was dying. Um, But afterwards, it was, I still found it really triggering. But that's on me. That just proves that I still have work to do. If I'm still triggered by other people, I still have work to do. And I want you to remember that because it's so unfair for us to blame other people for how they think and feel if we're letting it affect us. So if I'm now putting it on your toes and I'm saying, right, this is up to you guys. You sort your shit out. You get comfortable with the fact that you're going to be triggered by these things. You need some coping mechanisms here because you're still doing this beautiful trajectory of growth. Like we all are. You choose to listen to my podcast. You probably choose not to read certain things. You probably choose to only spend time with people who lift you up rather than bring you down. So what do you do when you are around people who are triggering? Um, or people who haven't done the work. You know, this could be a partner of yours. This could be a friend who's been your best friend for years, but they aren't on your trajectory of growth. Yeah, well, that was hard to say, trajectory of growth. So I think be the energy that you want to put out because that will be the ripple effect. But how do you do that when it's coming at you? There's loads of ways, okay? So there's there's one that you just listen, but you don't respond. That's a, that's a good one that I do all of the time. If my dad's moaning about something, I just listen because do you know what? That's his language. That would be almost my, like me saying, come in my house, but don't say anything. Because my dad doesn't know how to speak in any other way. Like, you know, he told me all the things that his new car's got. Like, you know, the, I don't know, uh, heated, um, heated seats or, um, God, I can't think of what, what it's got. Um, but it had like loads more functions than his uh, older car didn't have. And he was telling us all about them. And then he responded with, well, just more things to go wrong, isn't it? And I laughed and I was like, dad, come on, stop being negative. He didn't know that he was being negative. Like he's just not used to talking in a positive bias. He's very much talk like used to talking in a negative. So even when he's saying good things, he's used to ending on a negative. That is his language. That is how he talks. And I'm not going to change him. First of all, you're not going to change these people. But you can emulate things. Like me just having a laugh with my dad and going, Dad, come on, stop being negative. And he's like, oh, no, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And I was like, just enjoy it. Like, enjoy your new car. You don't need to worry about the things that are going to go wrong on it because you'd fix it even if they did. Like, enjoy it. He's like, oh, no, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So calling him out on it in a really lovely, gentle way. I say that is fine because he doesn't realize that he's <laughs> being negative. But if I was to do it all the time, like I used to do to my mum, then that's me just being negative towards her and it doesn't do anyone any good. Like it just feels like we're just arguing all the time. So one is just to have a bit of a laugh and almost to kind of shine a light on what they're saying (laughs) in a lovely way. Um, The other thing is just to listen 
and don't say anything. And then when they finish their moan or their whinge, then you change the subject and you talk about what's on TV. You talk about, or you ask them about something about themselves, or you talk about something that's lovely for you. Whatever it is, you just kind of change the subject. The other thing you can do is you can leave the room. Like if you feel like you've got nothing good to say back, right? You let them have your say and then you go, oh, do you know what? Actually, does anyone want a cup of tea or a drink? And you leave the room and you just compose yourself, get yourself together, um, go and make the covers for everyone, put a little podcast on, <laughs> reset your energy levels and then you go back to the room. Or if there's kids in the family, like they're such a good distraction to be fair. Or if there's animals, like you do something where you're not involved in that conversation anymore. So then call it out, but in a really nice way. Change the subject or distract yourself. There are three ways that you can manage your energy. But I really want you to think about the fact that, you know what, your energy will be the ripple effect. If you join in and you do what I used to do, which is you kind of call them out on it, it really doesn't work. It just doesn't. They see you as somebody who is negative or um, argumentative. And, And you just, again, you're being the energy that you don't want to see. So again, coming back to it, always managing your energy, your mood, because frankly, that's the only thing you have control over. You can't control where somebody else is on their journey of growth. You can't control whether somebody looks at the negative bias or the positive. And again, I used to get a bit frustrated about this because I used to think, well, do you know what? If only they could see the way I see the world, like they wouldn't be anxious anymore. They wouldn't have depression anymore. Like their lives would be so much richer if they were able to think and see the way I do, well, (laughs) that's a really shitty way for me to think, because again, who am I? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not Mother Teresa, like, that is not on me to do that. The only way I can do that is to show up and see, get them to see the life that I lead, and some will join. Some will join on board and go, do you know what? Like, I think I might need a bit of coaching. Yeah, and and that happens. Like, as I say, that happens for other people. Like, as I say, I get people who I've coached, I then end up coaching their partners or their family members because they're like, oh my God, I saw such a difference in my mum or I saw such a difference in my partner when they came to see you that I want that for me. And then they want to do the work. But I guarantee you, if it had come from their partner or their mum, they wouldn't want to hear it. They wouldn't want to hear it. Just like my daughter does not want to hear anything positive from me. She doesn't want to hear anything um, from a growth point of view. Like she's just not there for it because I'm a mom. I don't know anything. Yeah, (laughs) like I know nothing. She knows everything. So it just wouldn't work. If it's, a, if it's a partner, I think this is probably the toughest one you're going to come across because you live with this person all the time. And I think it's still the same principles in terms of you hear them out, you might give them an alternative perspective on how to think and see it. So if they're whinging about something at work, 
You can do lovely coaching questions. Don't tell them what to do. That's not going to go down at all. So if you said, and again, this wouldn't work in my coaching practice either. If I said to someone, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It only lasts for so long because then they can't think for themselves. But if I was to do lovely coaching questions, which is like, so what options do you have? Like, well, what do you want the end goal to be? What would that look like for you? Well, how does that make you feel when they're doing that? Well, what could you do differently? There's loads, and I'm saying those really softly, by the way, because if you said, well, what do you want the end goal to be? (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) work. Again, it's about tone of voice, but also the questions that you ask. And again, be the energy that you want to put out in the room. If you're triggered by it and then you show that trigger, you start to go into that negative bias. So just think about, be aware of the people that you know are going to trigger you. Manage your time in that space. So if you have to kind of leave and be the person that goes to make the teas or get some cake, then that that is what you will do. Um, but also have things in the diary. I think over the Christmas period, making sure that you are not missing out on the people that lift you up. Um, even if it's just a phone call, even if it's a date in the diary and it might not be till the end of Jan. Um, that you get that penciled in but energy vibrates so try and make sure that the energy you put out is the one that you want coming back to you and that's it Um, I'll probably put out one more before Christmas and I do hope that this has been super beneficial for you and if you do enjoy the podcast, I would love, 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 I know I say this as a recorded message at the end of the podcast, but it's because I really want you to do it. If you're not already, please, please, please follow, um, like and share this episode of the podcast or any episode of the podcast, because it really does make a difference of who the podcast goes out to. And one of my... um manifestations is that um, I will get further and further up the charts with this podcast and it'll go to many many more people than it already does because frankly it's blown my mind already so now I've just moved the goalpost and I want more listeners because you know what it is so so lovely that I get to um, I get to hear the other side of this podcast don't know if you can hear then in the background, but that's the dog scratching in his dog bed. But yeah, that I get to connect with you on the other side. And oh my God, in the last two weeks, I have spoken to so many of you who listen to the podcast and now want to work with me one-to-one that there will probably be um, sometime soon a, a wait list now to work with me. Um, there's a couple of more spaces for January um and then I'll probably have to go to a a waiting list um so yeah lovely 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 have an amazing week um and go eat that frog whatever is disgusting or ugly on your list right now protect your energy manage it think about what you can do to get yourself in that positive bias what can you do to empower yourself what beautiful conversations can you have with the people around you Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Don't. 
If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit judontcoaching.co.uk. The links will be in the show notes. This break is brought to you by Adobe Photoshop. Here's a fun fact. Every day, millions of people around the world use Photoshop to create all kinds of cool stuff. Designs for t-shirts and posters, graphics to promote brands and businesses, images for social and websites. Anyone can do it. And to the guy who put a bulldog's head on a parakeet's body, you, sir, are a genius. Get started for free today. Click or tap the banner to head over to Photoshop.com.